0: Welcome back. We've got another month. We got another interview. I said we at least once a month we try to get somebody to interview about an awesome project, and uh, this month is not any different. I'm your host, Kurt. Uh, Mike couldn't be with us today because he's off in his DeLorean trying to push it to 88. So we're not gonna have him today. But uh, today we've we got an awesome guest. He is the creator of Neon Sanctum, an awesome RPG that's coming out on Kickstarter on Wednesday, March 18th. Uh, Mr. Adam Waite. Adam, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Hi, thanks very much for having me. Very nope. good to be here.
0: No problem. So before we get into the business of talking about uh, what Neon Sanctum is and what you guys are doing with it, when we like to do our podcast, we usually like to take a topic that we like to show through the year. So basically how we started off in that in that topic and then how we've gotten to where we are today. So um, I just would like to know your background in gaming.
1: So I've been gaming for as long as I can remember. My brother got me got me into it, and um, I've kind of always done gaming. I've, uh, I as a teenager, I created my own systems. I even uh, run a few cyberpunk LARPs of my own creation, and even like a fantasy larp as a teenager for my friends at school. So personal projects and gaming have been something that go hand in hand for me, and. I've gamed, you know, most systems throughout the years. I've obviously played D and ds and I played a lot of um, Games Workshop stuff over here because obviously that's very, very popular in the UK. So I did some tabletop wargaming and, of course, there's been board gaming and a lot of RPGs. RPGs
0: are probably where my heart is. Perfect. Well, you know what? Why don't you tell the people that don't know about Games Workshop, why don't you tell people about exactly what that is?
1: Okay, so um Games Workshop was set up a very long time ago but what it's kind of become is it has two main products which are Warhammer, a Warhammer forty thousand. So Warhammer is a fantasy tabletop uh, miniatures war game and Warhammer forty thousand is a is a sci fi one and obviously it's branched out now now and there's video games and mobile phone games and everyone's in on kinda of like the forty K world. And yeah, they're they're really tactical, so forty K was my, uh, my thing, I've always been more of a sci-fi person than, than a fantasy one g- generally in gaming so there's just space marines and orcs and the uh, my favourite race of all the armies I ever had and I've pretty much had one of each army over the years uh, with the Tyranips who are like your Starship Troopers kind of bugs and they're really cool and you've got loads of bugs and um, so you can go into go workshop stores and you can buy these miniatures but they're not particularly cheap to be honest but <laughs> go and get these miniatures you uh you build them yourself so you can pose them and stuff and you can paint you paint them up yourself um so it's a full-on hobby they they call it the hobby um for me i was, a, I was mostly about i really enjoyed posing people but i'm not a very good painter so i always went for really really dramatic sci-fi and sorry cinematic poses like I did a guy diving over a barrel shooting two guns, John Rees-style, because that's just how it should be. <laughs> and the game. So I always really enjoyed the game. I'm, I'm really into the kind of tactical stuff, kind of like that kind of thing of turn-based tactics. Is I love that. Yeah. So my favourite video game at the moment is XCOM, and I just absolutely adore it, because anything that, that's I go, you go, and I can spend a while thinking about everything that could, could happen and where my people should move
0: just... Uh, yeah, just makes my brain go to a happy place. <laughs> Perfect. So when you're doing when when you have when you're into Warhammer and D anD D, how do you have any money to even come up with your own uh, RPG? So to be honest, I haven't I haven't played Warhammer
1: in quite a long time. and oh. yeah, if I was still playing Warhammer, I definitely couldn't could not afford to uh to 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 do that. So actually, with the project, you know, a lot of my hobby, you know, budget. I'm sure a lot of people have like a hobby budget that they put into stuff. So, a lot of it has gone into Neon Tankton. This project's been going for over five years now. So, it's been a passion project that we've slowly built up because, you know, art and stuff does take time. And, yeah, with other RPGs, I'd either play with other people who might have the books or picked up a few
0: books here and there. So you're saying that you've been working on this for five years. Don't, after like year three, don't you have a couple of inklings to give up? I mean, taking so long, I mean, I'm not saying this as a negative, I'm saying this as a joke, you know, isn't there some days you're like, oh my God, why am I doing that? Me and the other person who does it, there's been
1: times where, a part of the reason why it's taken so long, we've, we've broken kind of, we've got jobs and we're full-time and that sort of thing, and often you find yourself going, actually, sometimes there were periods where, for because of work, three months at a time, we couldn't put that much into it. So, yeah, there's times where, unfortunately, it's a passion project that it had to, it's... So, for the first few years, especially, where sometimes it had to be put to the side, but in the last few years, it's it's ramped up a lot, really, because we, we got to a point where we decided we had a product that we really thought was good enough that it was good enough that we could go to kickstarter or whatever with it um and i think once you get to that stage it kind of gives you an extra bit of drive and you're like okay if i'm going to do this i'm going to do this and it kind of spurs you on
0: yeah yeah i'm sure why don't you tell everybody what exactly what the story of neon sanctum is for the people out there that don't know
1: okay cool so the the world of neon sanctum is um It's one where over 200 years ago, the world ended. Um, And I always like to say, and my kind of go-to explanation is that um, the beginning of our story is like the end of a movie. So humanity was facing off against AI called Titan, and they're in this huge, huge struggle and war. And a, a small group of ragtag martyrs gave their lives to kind of do that Death Star Trench run final final attack that managed to uh take out take out the Titans and win the war in one fell swoop. But the story we're kind of interested in is what's happened after that. Kind of the world's been destroyed by this terrible war and a couple of hundred years later we're now in this position where humanity lives in you know, clumps. So we have Neon City, which is this huge cyberpunk metropolis, and humanity's built back up really quickly. And so a lot of the setting stuff is built around how did they rebuild so quickly and what are the costs and and kind of there's some there's some dark secrets in the background of how humanity managed to build up so quickly why and uh yeah and that sort of thing but we it, it means that we're also surrounded by these terrible wastelands where there's mutated beasts and there's bandits and all that kind of thing so it splits the kind of setting up into two main areas which kind of have completely different feels to them which we found works really well because uh, you can change up a game or or run the kind of game
0: you want yeah i like that I, I like the difference between the almost the cyberpunkish part of it where the technology is king and also you've got the de-evolutionary area where it's you know almost like it's back to the dinosaurs back to where man was very simple and those kind of collide and it's it's a cool little concept where you can, like you said, you can take it from one area to another. You can mesh them. You can, you can uh, uh, make them more complex, or you can de-evolve them, so to speak. You know. So I, I like that. It's it gives it gives every DM that much more of a choice to, you know, kind of go off on their own thing. Not not that, you know, with role-playing games you don't already do that, but I like that you guys give give it more of those extra options.
1: Yeah, so one of my favorite things about the wastes, which is the area outside the cities, which is you know, full of the old world ruins and that kind of thing is it's a sci-fi game and it's a sci-fi game where if you want to, you can go do a dungeon delve in a way you know you can get some guys stick them in a drop ship drop them off in an old world city and, and actually the adventure you've probably read in our playtest kit is kind of essentially that we drop them off in a in an old world and say go do this here or you could take guys just say go explore and, and it's got that kind of very fitted dungeon delve kind of style
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind yeah. of linear yeah but you, obviously it's a role play game so you don't have to do that but I kind of like that it's a sci-fi game that offers that because the that doesn't
0: normally happen. Yeah. And what person that plays RPGs don't like that sci-fi element anyway, so of course they'll they'll dig it. Alright, now that we've kind of delved into this you know, the meat of the story, why don't you tell us a little bit of the mechanics of the game? What what sets yours apart from other games and what you know and what happens as far as like skills and weapons and the fighting goes. Okay, sure.
1: Um, so the very first thing people will notice and the biggest thing is that we use cards so instead of a character sheet you have a hand or a a small deck of cards so a character might be 10 to 15 cards so we have several types Um, the main one are skill cards and so each skill card is is used in kind of several different ways you it represents the player's uh, ability in an area so it could be like a combat card and then there's a subset of that ability, which is a skill. So it could be a combat shooting card, a combat melee card, a combat brawl card. And each one has a level. And the higher a level, the, uh, the better it is and the kind of more bonuses you get when using it to do checks. The interesting thing about that is actually the way we do character building means that you have a choice of whether you could have one level 1, one level 2 card. And that's great you could also choose in the exactly same area so say combat shooting to have three level 1 cards which doesn't sound like it makes a big difference but the way our mechanics work around having so we do everything in scenes and when you've used a card in a scene it goes into cooldown and you don't get it back to the next scene and actually having a broad range even though it might be a lower skill level can be as important as having like very very you know top expertise as for fighting as you said These skill cards are also a power. So in combat, that combat shooting card might be our aim shot card, which means when you use that in combat, if you miss, you do half damage. So similar things to to other games have. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the final thing with our skill cards uh, is that they're also your life. So when you take damage, you lose these cards instead of losing hit points, which some people don't like the sound of, but we encourage people to try because... The game's all about cycling cards, and actually it just fits into the flow of the game that these cards cycle out. It, it, it isn't as kind of terrible that you've lost that card forever as it sounds. You actually tend to get things back quite easily, quite um, quite regularly, and actually it, it works really well. Other than skill cards, we have lots of other cards. So there's mutation cards, cybernetics. If you have items uh, in the game, we well, will have items in the game, so those are represented by cards. And... A really great one for GMs is that we have NPC cards. So our NPC deck that we'll be shipping with the game is like our uh, our beastry book, but it's a deck of cards and it means you've always got it on hand and there's some really cool things you can do with it. So you can attach a skill card to an NPC card to make that NPC a little bit more special or give a gunman NPC a shotgun and suddenly they become a lot more dangerous. Um so yeah, lots of cards is the main
0: thing. Yeah, well, and that's perfect. I love that idea because not only does it make it just a straight regular RPG game, where a lot of times some things kind of get lost in the shuffle. Say you've got your you've got your character sheet, you've got a lot of stuff written down. A lot of people, a lot of the time, will forget some of those things. So when you bring out those cards, those beautiful cards, up to the table, you actually know what you've got. You've got a physical hand, and plus, it, it's almost like it tells you more of it's more of a physical odds thing where it's like, okay, well if I use this card for this for this fight or this skill, it's gonna be gone for this part, you know, and then, you know, I won't be able to get it back until this part's over. So it puts more of an element of almost like a deck building game or some kind of almost like a just a regular board game where you've got certain cards that you have to just you have to strategize out because you never know what's gonna happen. So I like I like that mix of the RPG element with the card element.
1: I really like that comment you just made, Um, the, the the fact that, yeah, there's sometimes when you're doing an RPG, you've written so much stuff on the character sheet that you go through a combat, and then you look back at it and go, oh, I could have used that, <laughs> and it's really annoying, because it could have turned the combat, where actually in our game, people... So in, in, another thing is, in between turns, by having cards in their hand, we find that people tend to be looking at the cards, thinking, what card am I going to use next? Which one am I going to draw out of cooldown next? It kind of really engages them. And the other thing, obviously, is it's it's really pretty, but having pictures on there, so we think the game's quite accessible for new players, because if I show you a character sheet with a set of numbers, a lot of people kind of, their eyes glaze over and, it, it's they just can't can't get through it. But if I show you a card with a picture of a guy diving through the air, shooting two bullet two guns, you kind of instantly have an idea that that's what that card can do. Mm-hmm. And then if you know that's what you your character has that card, you know your character can do that thing. And it kind of just by having a little bit of artwork assigned with every kind of skill just opens up s- brand new players to kind of oh it could do this. So obviously you can. Outside of combat, or even inside of combat, you can use cards in any way if you if you want to do that. Um, because that's role playing, you know. You've always got the option to do whatever you can imagine. But for new players, it really helps just to have something that kind of guides them a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I almost think that that's a that's a great. Um, I don't know if you just referenced that. I'm sorry, but um, like a good good thing for new players because you know a lot of new players maybe you know, have somewhat of an imagination, but they need a little bit more of, you know, a push into that, so these cards kind of make it more physical, where it's like, okay, well now I see what I'm fighting, and I know what I've got, and, you know, so it gives more people, you know, people more awareness of that, so it kind of, it would bring some newer players in, and maybe even players that are, aren't as good at role playing that maybe want to try to, you know, try to make it more of their thing, you know, so.
1: Yeah, so we've all had that game where you- You've got new players and you've um you've got them at the table around you and you you get have that moment when you say, Okay, what do you want to do? And they just look back at you like what and and often you get the question, what can I do? And then you have to in a normal role game you answer back and say Well, anything. <laughs> you know, anything you want to do. Um obviously a lot of experienced GMs don't say that and they kind of help people towards towards something, but the answer normally really, is, well, whatever you want to do. And we found that although it kind of seems restrictive at first, having like a stealth card, people pick it up and go oh, I want to use stealth now. And in reality, in our system, you can use that stealth card, which is a survival substitute card to to do anything you like in the subterfuge skill. So you, you can use that stealth skill to to go pickpocket or to you know, hide in shadows or whatever. But we find at first people go, oh, I want to do this now. And it helps guide them through to the fact that, okay, cool, you can do that, uh, but you could also do this with it. And it kind of helps a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Also, I'd, l- I'd like to get give a shout-out to some of the artists that you have working on this game. Do you mind just naming them off, just because I, I, that's one thing I wanted to talk about when we were talking about this, is that how how beautiful the art is in the book and in the cards. So if you would like to just shout-out a few people that worked on it, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. So I think at the moment we have five currently. So the skill cards, um, obviously a big part of the game, have their own kind of style, so they're black and white with a splash of colour. Because um, the cards are colour-coded and it matches that. Uh, and that was done by a guy called James Shields, who's in Texas. And we've been working with him for quite a long time. It's really good, we've kind of grown together. So he's, he's, he does RPG compendiums of characters and stuff yeah. uh, now. So his dream when we started was to do RPG art, and that was really good because we've grown together. He's also done some of the, the NPC cards. Uh, there's an illustrator called Oliver Harud, who is uh, a friend of Craig, my co-creator, and he did the mutant cards and some of the NPCs. A big contributor to the style, so we have this kind of—it's cartoony, but I, I kind of think of it as kind of a gritty Saturday morning cartoon show kind of thing. It's quite difficult to describe. It's not anime or, or it's not you know kiddie cartoon, but it, it, it's a clear. Clear comic kind of style
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and a big big person who put towards that was um, Justin Wyatt who is a guy who you know games with us in, in, in our local area recently we've had there's a girl I used to work with called Kian Kian Lu um, and she's been doing some really awesome and you may not have seen them yet because they've pretty much been for the Kickstarter video and for the Kickstarter but she's done some really awesome environmental concepts so we now have a, a really nice piece of concept art of what Neon City looks like and of a ruin and actually it's it's a really nice picture. It's a ruin with a Titan that's collapsed into it and she's doing another piece of art on Neon City. So that's cool. And recently we've had a piece and we're hoping to get a couple more pieces from Brian Patterson who does a webcomic called D twenty monkeys, so
0: Oh nice. That's cool. Very cool. All right. Well, a couple more questions I got for you before I let you go. So the few times we've had people on, it's mostly people doing a Kickstarter. So how do you get how do you get prepared for Kickstarter? I, it seems like a lot of people say you have to put a little, a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of yourself into it. So how do you get ready for this Kickstarter that's coming out where you've had, you've worked so hard so diligently and hard these five years to get it to where you want it so how do you study up for kickstarter to get it to present itself in a way that catches people right away
1: i definitely agree with the comments you said about it being you know it's a lot of hard work and i think you have to work towards it for a very long time so so twitter for me, has been a huge thing, so I think you need to, if you're looking to do a Kickstarter and you're thinking about doing one in the future, I would go set up your Twitter account now and start tweeting now, because the sooner you can get that sorted, the better, so all your social media is getting those done as early as possible, because actually the biggest thing I've found is marketing, well before you've started the Kickstarter campaign, you know, it's a full-time job, really, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, you know, trying to tweet out and stuff, so it can be be quite difficult trying to market and make your game at the same time. That's definitely one of the big challenges. Mm -hmm. There are some blogs that I'm sure everyone tends to mention but there's uh, James Math and Jamie Stegmayer's uh, blogs. So Jamie has Kickstarter lessons and they are pretty much essential reading if if you're looking to do one, I think. So you've got it's well over a hundred lessons on there now, and he kind of just nice. does a blog where he goes into <clears throat> goes into each part of a Kickstarter, and I think he's on Kickstarter right now. I'm not sure if it's ended just yet with a one called Two Cities, and well, the success of the project speaks for itself. Quite frankly, I think he's got well, it's a lot of money. It's hundreds of thousands, I oh. believe. So nice. it's definitely you're getting advice from someone who knows knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think think it's difficult i think you do have to just kind of work things out as you go as well
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: sorry one thing i will say as well is oh, doing this project you know be prepared to learn some software as well so i've learned pretty much the entire adobe suite on this project um i've always used them before but the amount i use them now compared to when i started is yeah is is ridiculous so you know Photoshop and InDesign for your product and then Premiere and After Effects if you if you're going to do your own video and all that
0: sort of thing. Mhm. Yeah. It, it definitely seems like you, you know, you not only do you have to put so much into your product, but you have to you really have to put that much of your talent and energy into what's going into your Kickstarter because if you don't have something that catches people's eye and gets people to want it right away if it's just something you just kind of throw up and you, you know, don't really think about that much, then, you know, there's more chance of failure there than than people would think. You know, people think, well, you know what, it's a game or it's a movie or whatever. It's, there's got to be, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that may want it. But just because you think that somebody may want it doesn't uh, doesn't obviously mean that it's going to, you know, take off right away. So you, you really got to put that that much time and effort into it.
1: Yeah, getting people to know you exist is one hell of a challenge it feels like these (laughs) days with the internet and we all use the internet so much that it should be easy that you can just send out some tweets or put a post up on facebook but actually those those channels are so controlled now so kind of so facebook if you put a post up unless you decide to pay to put that post into people's view and you know pay quite a lot if you want to see a lot of people see it it's just not going to happen because of the way they control things so yeah, getting stuff in front of people's eyes without spamming them as well is the other thing. Don't go too far off the other end and kind <laughs> of uh, make everyone hate you. Is is uh, yeah, is is a real challenge. But I think so. One of the main things we we've done is so we used drive-through cards because our games cards. We put up our playtest kit on there, and they've got print-on-demand, and it's been really good for us that we can just go to that site and go. I'd like. A copy of these cards and then send them to anyone in the world and it's so our play test kit is 70 odd cards which is only a small proportion of what's going to be in the final mm-hmm. final box we're going to have over 300 in the final box but I it's know. enough to play the game it's enough to do a play test and actually we found just sending those out to loads of people has, has really
0: helped yeah that's great all right. Well, I think I've almost exhausted all of what, what I want to talk to you about. Uh, the last couple of things. Um, I'd like to uh, talk about what you guys have for tiers as far as what you guys are going to be having, how much is going to cost, and then uh, what we're looking at as far as what we can contribute. So if you, if you could go through that a little bit, that would be great.
1: Okay. Awesome. So um, we start off with a... So I am in the UK, so the pledges will have to be in pounds. Uh, we've done... Which is really annoying because actually, because I'm working with printers and stuff most of my stuff is in dollars so I'm working with dollars and changing it back into pounds just to put <laughs> it on Facebook, uh, not on Facebook on Kickstarter but for a two dollar one pound pledge uh, we're giving away the print print and play so once we've got everything together we'll put out a print and play and basically anyone who backs will have access to the print and play because we're, we're happy for people to go print the car, you know, cards off themselves if that's what all they can afford to do or mm. That's what they want to do, although with the amount of cards we have, that may be quite difficult. So the the next level up is just a player deck. So a player deck is enough for one player. So it includes a copy of every skill card in the game, a copy of every mutation, every cyber- cybernetic, and we have little player cards, which are like little stat recording cards, and you get six of those so you could make six different characters. And And the great thing is, you know, with one of each skill card, that doesn't mean you can make one character. It just means you can't make two characters with, with the same card in twice. You could. I'm really interested to see if people do things like drafting. So take one player deck and just make however many characters they can out of one player deck. Next up is, is our kind of main level, uh, which is the core box. And because of what we've said about flexibility and accessibility, we really wanted this to be a product that brand new people... Or even veteran gamers can just pick up off the shelf and play, as you say, like a board game, like a a fully constructed thing. So in this box, we've got 312 cards, which is two of every level two card and three of every level one card. So enough for a lot of characters. We've got, I think, at least two of every mutation and Cybernetic. We've got 36 NPC cards, 36 item cards. Um, basically, yeah, all the cards you need to, to to run a game. We've got a uh we've got a rule book in there, which I think is either a hundred to one hundred twenty pages. We're still working on that at the moment. It comes with some tokens, so tokens and a battle map. So there's going to be two battle maps in there, double sided for for use, and okay. little you know punch out tokens that you can use, and we'll have the faces of the, the NPC cards on. So. That would be really cool. You don't need minis. If you don't need them, you can just use these tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have willpower points in the games, which are kind of like bennies in other systems. And, yeah, so willpower point tokens as well. And uh, to wrap it all up, there'll be 2D10 in there, in case you don't, have, if you know, you're a brand-new gamer and you don't happen to own the thousands and thousands of dice that the rest of us own. <laughs> Um, so, that's going to be around $50. Okay, perfect. So, our numbers are kind of changing a little bit at the moment, but it's, that should be around $50. Okay, perfect. And that's for four players. We, we suggest that's for four players and one GM. Okay. So, the next setup is what we call the deluxe set, which is uh, the core box, two more player decks, as I mentioned before, uh, and an extra set of items and NPCs. So, instead of 36, you'll have... You'll have 72s, you'll have loads of options, you can do massive fights, and we think that's perfect for six-plus players and a a GM. $75 with that one. All right, perfect. And so the the other levels are going to be kind of design-your-own-card levels, so we're going to have three item cards, three NPC cards that we're going to work with someone to make a card, uh, get it into the game, and kind of... Yeah, let them have a little bit of creativity and a little bit of control about what Neon Sanctum is. We mm-hmm. haven't quite nailed down the prices for those ones, but um, obviously it's going to be more than $75.
0: Sweet. So if I want to name myself Nebby Bubble Buns or something like that, you 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 cater to that.
1: Yeah, if we want to make an NPC called Nebby Bubble Buns, we can, we can put that in.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: We are also offering add-ons, so there'll be... Uh, Add-ons available for extra player decks, item decks, equipment decks, uh, or, you know, just extra core boxes if people want to order a batch load, and they'll be slightly cheaper as add-ons. And we're also offering a set of uh, player cards, and so a booster pack, which is blank player cards, blank item cards, and blank NPC cards, so that players can have them available if... uh, if they want to make something up and we, you know, we haven't already provided it.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, sounds great. It seems like with, you know, with your, your entry level set there, the $50 uh, American, it sounds, that sounds like you're getting quite a lot for your money. More than, more than I've seen with, you know, regular base sets from like D and D and stuff like that where you just get a book or you know or some other you know different things so you're you're adding quite a bit in there you know so it's a lot of bang for your buck like i said before it looks great i've i've seen it from the print and play stuff that you guys have sent me and it's been phenomenal um so before i let you go um before we get people excited about this uh if there, is there anything else you want to plug like the website or your twitter or whatever else
1: yeah, there's actually a couple of little bits actually. Firstly, something I probably should have mentioned before, but with all of those pr- pledges, so for your, for you lot in the, uh, in America, shipping is within that total. So shipping isn't extra. So US and UK both won't require to pay extra shipping. Perfect. Unfortunately, other places of the world are, are likely to have to. We also have a few supplementary bits that we, we're doing and we've done that kind of come alongside. So, a lot of people, when playing, uh, have asked for a play mat, so we've got a PDF of a, p- a paper play mat that people can print at home. We've also got uh, an app, which is already on the Google Play Store, uh, and is currently going through review with the lovely iTunes people, and will hopefully pass and be out in time for the uh, the Kickstarter. And that's a that's a character creation app. You can't play the game with it, but it you can use it, and it has at the moment it has all the playtest cards on there. Oh No I think no sorry I think, at the moment I think it has all the cards on there um, and nice. you can go through and it lets you add things and uses the points total that you use and so it's in a companion app there and also if anyone uh is a player of the game tabletop simulator, which is a really cool game that's on Steam at the moment yeah. um and it just you know simulates a tabletop and you could just pick things up uh we're doing a mod for that as well so nice. that's really cool if you want to play it online, that's a really good way to do it. Awesome. So we're tr- trying to add a few extra bits in for for people as well. Oh,
0: that's perfect.
1: As for sorry, as for Twitter and stuff, we are on Twitter at Neon Sanctum, and we're on Facebook at Facebook slash Neon Sanctum, uh, and we do have a website. Uh, if people want to try the game, uh, NeonSanctum dot com slash playtest, they can download the playtest kit that you have yourself. Um, and so it's got a couple of adventures in there. It's got seventy two cards and the rule book, as it was when we put that on.
0: Perfect. Also, I'd like to... Uh, I've, I've seen uh, you have referenced on your Twitter that you also have a few tutorials on skill cards and stuff like that on YouTube, so if you guys want to look at the art and see how things play out, check that out too. It's uh, it's a, There are a nice couple of videos there that show you the mechanics of it. Yeah, so.
1: yeah thank you. That's really good, yeah. Uh, we also hopefully... Uh, I don't know if it will be ready in time for the actual Kickstarter because obviously it's next week, but <laughs> I'm hoping to do uh so the playtest has in it a kind of tutorial which is um you know a handheld way of explaining how our combat works because it is quite different to other games um and I'm hoping by the time the kickstarter starts or very shortly after that we'll have a video that basically is going through that tutorial so it will really help people to understand how it works.
0: Perfect, perfect. All right. Well, I think I've exhausted all my questions and I I Thank you very much, Adam, for coming on and telling us about this great product. Make sure that you go to Kickstarter Wednesday, March 18th. Put your money in, and let's get some RPG stuff going, and uh, you and we'll just add to the numerous amount of awesome RPGs that are out there. So I thank you again for coming on. Awesome. Great. Thank you very much. PC Wait a minute. How much? Uh, how much was the? How much was the last one? Oh, sorry. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's okay. You're, I can tell in your mind you're like, okay, I've got this. I got this. I got this. And you're just like ready to rattle them off. I just, I want to make sure we get the prices so everybody knows. So everybody's ready to get it.